Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey Sports original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. So great to be back with all of you on this Thursday. Thanks for joining us, whether you're listening to us on audio or watching us on YouTube. Thanks for being with us. And also do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. Even if you just watch us on YouTube, we thank you. But still, go subscribe. That helps us out significantly. We appreciate that. Turn on the auto-download. That way, every time there's a new episode, guess what? It shows up on your device. Uh, I am back with you, Scockle Branson, and fresh off his vacation. Yes, he was in Russia interviewing Vladimir Putin, and now he's back. I'm just kidding. I used that joke the other night, Mo. They loved it. Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com, where you can also catch my work as well. And uh, you follow Mo up on the X at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. Mo, glad to have you back, man. I'm glad you were able to decompress, get a little break after the football season, stayed off the digital interwebs. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, I sometimes you just got to... Uh detach from society. I, I, I said this before when Aaron Rodgers did his darkness retreat. I, yeah. I said this on the show. I said I would actually do something like that where I just go into a, a log cabin for X amount of days in the darkness. It just it's just me and my thoughts. And that's kind of what I did. I, I was good. I was at a remote location that will that will remain uh, undisclosed. <laughs> and I just did a lot of thinking. And I think it, it it helped me help cleanse my mind. I, I would recommend people do that. It works. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. There you go. See, you do. You have to get off the grid. I have not had the chance to do that fully yet, even though we had the week off last week from this show. My media machine stuff continued, but uh, it's going to come soon. It's when, when we get into the summer you know I'm a big baseball head, so when uh, when the Reds start playing, I'm not a Reds fan. I'm obviously a Padre fan, but when the Reds start gearing up and opening day, you know Cincinnati, it's a big deal here, Mo. They have an opening day parade. It's almost like an unofficial holiday. People take off of work and all that stuff. So I think I'm going to take the kids down there and do that as long as it's not freezing. If it's freezing, screw it. I'll stay home. But looking forward to some uh, deconnecting. Uh, but while you were gone. In addition to uh, the world continuing to revolve, uh, even though you were in the dark, uh, it, it, the Raiders uh, continued to build their coaching staff. Of course, we just saw this week uh, Joe Philbin, of course, a former NFL head coach and, and an assistant uh, in various locations, including in San Francisco, 
was hired as well in Las Vegas. We also have uh, the situation with the Raiders where um, there's still some some jockeying going on there. There's still some coaching roles to fill, although they've done a lot of them. The Raiders uh, tend to announce their coaching staff as one unit, so I would imagine in the next week or so, especially with the Combine next week, we'll start to see that. But any thoughts so far on this staff and what kind of common themes you're seeing through the hires that Antonio Pierce is making? A lot of guys influenced by Mike McCarthy. So mm. Luke Getzey came up under Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Uh, Joe Philbin, who they just hired, former offensive line coach of the Dallas Cowboys over the last three years, I believe, uh, from 2020 to 2022, because um, he didn't coach last year. I also came up under, well, he came up under, Mike, I believe, Mike Sherman and Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, there is some overlap there, but I, I think it's interesting that you have the Mike McCarthy influence. And I guess people will want to know what, what was it? a What does a Mike McCarthy's offense look like? And it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint that simply because he had Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. So of course he was going to pass a lot uh, in Dallas, Mike McCarthy's offenses, even though he does, he's had an offensive coordinator, Kelly Moore, Brian Schottenheimer, his offenses have been pretty much balanced. Uh, doesn't want the make the doesn't want the quarterback to make too many mistakes. Obviously, tries to limit that with the run game. So I expect to see a lot of that, especially with the Raiders' role with an inexperienced starting quarterback. I expect to see a lot of runs, a run-heavy team. This is why I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is why I think the door is open for Josh Jacobs returning to Las Vegas. But back to the coaching highs, I I will say one other thing that. It's not. It's more critical. Uh oh. Now uh -oh. I know. I know. Uh -oh. Hater. I know that <laughs> in the off season, you know, it's we don't look too far. We don't look too much too much into the assistant hires outside of offensive and sure. defensive coordinator and head coach. But Rich uh, Scangarello, I I really didn't like. I I won't say like, but I I'm skeptical of that hire. Scangarello is going to be the quarterback's coach. If you look at Scangarello's resume, he hasn't been able to keep a job. Yeah. I mean, he got he got let go because he was in Kentucky last year, got let go after one year. I believe he was he, he was in Philadelphia for one year. He was in San Francisco twice. Uh, he, San Francisco fired up. I guess if you there was something, I believe the Stork Raider posted this, and it was uh, Scangarello's ideal quarterback. It was a quarterback who has a lot of collegiate experience and it, it whatever the case may be but it didn't match up with what trey lance was coming out of, of, of college and you can kind of see why it didn't work when had to part had to part ways with him so yeah. maybe that's not all on him being an unsuccessful offensive assistant but just look at scangarello's resume it's not it's not very impressive when you look at longevity of a job yeah, and I, I think I, I think there's a, our good friend just when Wendy, by the way, brought up a good point the other day because a lot of a lot of folks have been saying the same thing about Scangarelli, but also some of the other coaches, just kind of like some doubt about them based on their stops. Now we all know in coaching, guys make a lot of stops, and you might work for a head coach who gets fired. Doesn't mean you didn't do a good job, right? And then you find yourself out of work. So so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. Scangarelli is a little different, I think, to your point with that. But her point was you you sort of hey let these guys do their thing and i agree but when you can just go based on the past we don't know how he's going to do with the raiders so we'll see he's got his chance obviously we'll see it <clears throat> pardon me but but i do think though that you look at some of the hires and you're just kind of like hmm 
you know, the more I look at Getsy, you know, I'm given, I, I give him a little more of a pass. I, I think that there's an opportunity for him to climb out of any sort of negative feelings people had for him, especially Chicago. Chicago is a very passionate town. The Bears didn't do well. So, so you're going to hear a lot of negative, right? That's just how it goes. So we'll see how he does. And I think that the interview we did with Levi Edwards on the last episode uh, was good too, because we got some good insight from him there as well. So, so we'll see how that all goes. But you bring up something I want to transition to here because we have it listed in this segment as well, which is Josh Jacobs. So here we are. Play, uh, players can now be franchise tagged. You remember Josh Jacobs got the one-year deal after he held out last year. He didn't sign his tender last year uh, until late in the training camp. He came back in, signed the one-year deal. Now uh, he's still eligible to be tagged. The, the Raiders can tag him, but it comes at a $14.2 million cost. So my question for you on this, Mo, is I, while I agree with you and I can see Antonio Pierce's desire – because he's been on his press tour since since the Super Bowl. He was on Max Crosby's podcast, which is a great interview if you get the chance to watch it. Also created some controversy, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, he talked about Josh Jacobs and how Josh Jacobs is so important. That's great. That doesn't mean they sign him or they bring him back because of the money involved. My question for you is, you know, Josh Jacobs, I don't think, especially coming off a year that wasn't great, Let's face it, no matter how much you love Josh Jacobs and 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 how much he's meant to the Raiders over the last five years, didn't have a great season. So he's coming off that season, going into free agency or pending free agency. Um, are you willing to pay Josh Jacobs $14 million? That's the that's the franchise tag. If he wants more than that, I don't see how it I don't see it happening. So tell me what you think for them to do this, for them to bring him back. Clearly, he wouldn't want to be tagged unless the market is so low that the tag benefits him uh, and he makes more money there. So I'll break it down like this. Number one, you pointed out that Josh Jacobs didn't have a great year and it on, you know, on the injured list, didn't play. Zamir White took over. So that's the first thing is that he's not going to, he's not going to command 14 million. No. Now, if he, and now if he had the year he had last year, I could see him commanding 14 million, but because he was injured and had statistically one of his uh, more modest years, He's not going to command that money. The second thing is the, the, the RB, the free agent running back pool is, is going to be littered with big names. Saquon big Barkley is set Huge. to be a free agent. Tony Pollard is set to be a free agent. So they're going to be other top-notch options available. So that's the other thing that's going to knock his price tag down is that he's not going to be able to command top dollar because another team will say, well, we'll take a look at Tony Pollard. We'll take a look at Sa Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you know, we'll take a look at some other options. Eckler, so I don't, Derek Henry, Eckler's DeAndre right. Swift. Again, these are all notable names. Got yeah. Derek Henry has run two rushing titles. You know, <laughs> so there are there are other options available. So when you have a market that's I don't want to say saturated, but has many of has several other good options to be mm -hmm. featured running backs, you're not gonna you're not gonna make bank on that. You're yeah. gonna get a a pay bump, but you're not going to get maybe the raise that you think you're going to get. So Josh Jacobs may have to, I don't want to say settle, but he, he's, he may struggle to get in figure salary. And if he does, mm -hmm. let's say he's willing to play for 9 million. It's a possibility. He's back with the Raiders because you say, okay, yeah. I can, I can play for, I can play for 10 million with a bad football team 
or I could pay for I could play for nine million with a coach who's going to build an offense around me. And I think again, this goes to Josh Jacobs. What it's about what he wants. Because if you Correct. remember, I'm really quick, Scott. Really quick, if you remember, he had a comment on social media last, last offseason. He said it wasn't about the money; it was about the years. He wants a multi-year contract. So if the Raiders are willing to give him a three-year deal, deal nine million, and other team is saying we'll give you two years, ten million, he may have to think about it. Say, well, I want the job security. I, I'd prefer the three-year deal over the two-year deal. It's about we don't know what Josh Jacobs wants, so we can't say yeah. he's not going to be back because he's going to command x amount of dollars because it might not be that he wants 11 12 13 14 million dollars i'm tony kornheiser this is my show my friends come on and you know them we talk about the sports you care about basketball now golf and the metronome of your life baseball whether it's opening day the big tournament or one of the majors we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened and let's not forget the important stuff the amount of daylight where i live the importance of speedies and the rankings of beach style pizza listen on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts yeah and see that's the point and i'm not advocating just want to make this clear before people put words in my mouth i'm not advocating they sign derrick henry but if I can get Derrick Henry on a two-year deal at ten million a year, so you know, versus Josh Jacobs who wants that or more, I'll take Derrick Henry because especially with what Antonio Pierce has described as he wants his team to play, nothing against Josh Jacobs. But to your point, you have all these guys. You even have young players who I think were underutilized, like Zach Moss, Gus Edwards. I mean, there's guys out there that that could fill the gap there. But to your point, it's about the years. But dude's going into year six, right? So, so year six, we it it's 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 like an actuary with with life insurance, Mo. Look at the numbers, and they literally fall off a cliff. Okay, yes, there's occasional outliers, but when you got a guy who's going into that part of his career at running back, and he's coming off injury, and to your point, a statistically good year but not great year, then suddenly you're like, eh. I'm even nervous about giving him three years unless it's so front loaded. So, okay, listen, we're going to give you three years at $9 million a year and you're going to get, you're going to, you're guaranteed, you know, the 16 of that or whatever it is it, bonus plus the salary. And then you put a lot of escalator clauses in, right? I think that's, if I'm the Raiders and I'm bringing him back, I'm saying, okay, we're going to give you this, but you'll get to your 10, $11 million a year or whatever the number is uh, by reaching a thousand yards by playing in 16 games or 17 games. Uh, and 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 showing up for camp, you know, building that sort of stuff in. The issue, though, is too. I just think the dur durability issue does not get better as they age. Right, and then and I guess this is my first show back, and we're already kind of on. on now I want to say opposite ends of the of a debate here, but <laughs> I would prefer Josh Jacobs over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is already oh, is good. He's you know, already. He's already at that 30 year yeah. mark and Correct. he's got more mileage on his tires than than Josh Jacobs. I believe yes. Derrick Henry is what four years, four years older than Josh Jacobs with more years on his tires. Right. I know Derrick Henry had a Pro Bowl year last year. But the other thing you have to also consider is that do you want to shake up the leap in the locker room? Because let's remember Josh Jacobs was the captain on that football team. Mm -hmm. And that's yep. something that you have to factor into it. Yeah, I agree. That's why I said I was not advocating signing him. I mean, uh, if, if you want to talk about between him and Saquon Barkley, even though Barkley's injury history, Jacobs also has an injury history. So, I mean, like, I could debate that. That I could debate because uh, both those guys, and we'll see if the Giants bring him back. It looks like they might not. But but to your point, 
Uh, by my count, you have 10 viable, notable free agent running backs in the market. So not good for running backs who were complaining about how little they were getting paid last year. Now with more uh, availability, guys out there, I don't think it's going to get better for them. So if the Raiders were to tag Josh Jacobs at $14 million, he should feel lucky about that. Yeah, he doesn't get the extended contract, but he gets $14 million, which I don't think, I just don't think unless something crazy happens. I don't think they get that on the open market. So we'll see how it all rolls down. One other quick note, and a lot of people are noting that Tom Telesco had a contract dispute with Austin Eckler this past mm -hmm. off last offseason last year. And it, they're using that to say, well, because of that, he's probably not going to give Josh Jacobs an, another deal. Let's remember that Tom Telesco did sign Austin Eckler to a second contract. He did. So Austin Eckler did get a second contract. Yes, he, he, did. He, wanted a, he wanted a third one, but... Yeah. Tom Tesco pushed back on it. This would be Josh Jacobs. Essentially, if he gets a multi-year deal, it would be his second long-term multi-year deal. Multi, because remember, yeah. last year was a franchise tag, a modified franchise tag. So, yeah. again, I, I still believe that there's a chance Josh Jacobs will be a Raider beyond 2024. I think there's a chance. I just think they got to be careful. Like, I, I fans want him badly. Antonio Pierce wants him badly. Uh, it all comes down to managing payroll, managing the cap, and Tom Telesco looking at what he wants to do and and agreeing with Pierce. Like, you need, a, you need a running back. You need a running back. I thought Zamir White did well at the end of the year. Do they feel comfortable with him being the number one going into camp? Doesn't sound like it. Uh, if you can have Josh Jacobs, clearly you think about that. But, man, it just makes me nervous about it. But but I agree with you. I think he's the best offensive player they've had over the last five years. So you have to you have to look at that. And I think, I think it's a 50-50 chance. So we'll see. How that all rolls down. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Thursday edition, the off-season edition of Silver and Black today. When we come back next week, the NFL Combine begins. And then, of course, a few weeks after that, we get right into free agency. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Combine. We're going to talk a little bit about free agency Raiders who might be on their way out of Las Vegas, 14 of them on that list, and then Raiders who may be coming to Las Vegas, i.e., are there free agents out there? We're going to talk about the needs, like what needs could the Raiders address in free agency in addition to the draft, but we'll focus on that when we come back. You're with Mo. You're with Scott. This is Silver and Black Today. Don't go anywhere.